for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us. Uh, my name is Mike, and I pray that the Word of God will refresh you and that you would rejoice with Him. You know, one of the privileges I have as a pastor is when I get to do premarital counseling for couples who are thinking and getting ready for marriage. And, you know, as I'm talking to the couple and helping them, counseling them, uh, training them, uh, it's not easy, uh, especially when you've been living your life as a single for so many years. And when you enter into that new season of marriage, you have to start thinking about the other person, uh, not just more, but even perhaps uh, above yourself. And one of the things that I talk to when I'm sharing with the husbands is the role that they play in their marriage. And it's vital that husbands understand and accept the role that as a husband, that you are called to be the protector of your spouse, of your wife. And that means to protect her from physical harm, uh, emotional harm, and also spiritual. And I know that it's something that we need to keep in mind and always be in the back of our minds as well. And that's something that we are going to see the role that God plays for the Israelites as their protector for that nation. Jeremiah chapter 50, verses 33 through 46. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The people of Israel are oppressed and the people of Judah as well. All their captors hold them fast, refusing to let them go. Yet their Redeemer is strong. The Lord Almighty is His name. He will vigorously defend their cause so that He may bring rest to their land, but unrest to those who live in Babylon. A sword against the Babylonians, declares the Lord, against those who live in Babylon and against her officials and wise men. A sword against her false prophets, they will become fools. A sword against her warriors, they will be filled with terror. A sword against her horses and chariots and all the foreigners in her ranks, they will become weaklings. A sword against her treasures, they will be plundered. A drought on her waters, they will dry up, for it is a land of idols, idols that will go mad with terror. So desert creatures and hyenas will live there, and there the owl will dwell. It will never again be inhabited or lived in from generation to generation. As I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, along with their neighboring towns, declares the Lord, so no one will live there, no people will dwell in it. Look, an army is coming from the north. A great nation and many kings are being stirred up from the ends of the earth. 
They are armed with bows and spears. They are cruel and without mercy. They sound like the roaring sea as they ride on their horses. They come like men in battle formation to attack you, daughter Babylon. The king of Babylon has heard reports about them, and his hands hang limp. Anguish has gripped him, pain like that of a woman in labor, like a lion coming up from Jordan's thickets to a rich pasture land. I will chase Babylon from its land in an instant. Who is the chosen one? I will appoint for this. Who is like me, and who can challenge me? And what shepherd can stand against me? Therefore, hear what the Lord has planned against Babylon, what He has proposed against the land of the Babylonians. The young of the flock will be dragged away; their pasture will be appalled at their fate. At the sound of Babylon's capture, the earth will tremble; its cry will resound among the nations. If you've been following along with what's been happening. In this chapter, uh, we've been seeing uh, bit by bit uh, God unveiling His plan for the Israelites, but also to the surrounding nations. And now that He has brought back Israel into uh, His presence, we see that um, God is doing a work uh, for them, and that He is revealing Himself as He is redeeming uh, the nation of Israel. Um, and so we we see here that. God is punishing the nation of Babylon uh, for the role that they played in uh, bringing, punishing, and bringing about suffering upon the Israelites. And yes, uh, the Israelites had sinned, uh, and God said that um, Babylon would be used against them. Uh, and then, in the process, though, Babylon had grown very proud, and they thought of themselves uh, more highly. Than they thought, and they made themselves bigger than God. Because of this, God had to humble them and punish them for the role that they played. And the, the pride of the Babylonians, we see, has grown. And out of that, they had a refusal to repent before God, and they thought that this was all their doing, and they did not see the role that God had played in the situation. And as a result, God said that He was going to bring about destruction upon this nation, because not only were they an enemy to Israel, but they were also an enemy to God. And if you are in that position, that's something that you do not want to be, because God here is going to devastate them for holding Israelites, the Israelites captive. Uh, and God now is allowing the Israelites to go home. They are free. Uh, they are able to go back to their home country, but they are held by captives who are preventing them to do this. And this becomes a roadblock in this passage. Uh, the Israelites who were getting oppressed, uh, they didn't know what was going on, and they were turning to God, asking for His help and guidance. And I love what Jeremiah writes here in verse 34. He writes, "Their redeemer is strong; the Lord Almighty is his name." You know, when you think of the word and the term or the title "redeemer," you know what comes to your mind. What thoughts or what actions do you envision when you think of redeemer? 
Uh, you think of someone uh, who saves, uh, someone who purchased another uh, so that they will not have to live that kind of life anymore, uh, but they are purchased so that they can enjoy this freedom. And this should be the image that should be conjured up in your minds. And that's the kind of God that is working on behalf of the Israelites. He is their Redeemer. He is strong and He is the Lord Almighty. And God was not only saving His people, but He was bringing them out of slavery. And not only is God our Redeemer, uh, but it also points to the fact that His Son Jesus is our Redeemer as well. And that because of the sin that was brought into this world, the sin through Adam, and we see all around that it's prevalent in uh, the people that we, we meet, the people that we see, uh, the way that people treat one another, and all the evil that is being manifested in so many different ways. We know that sin is everywhere in this world. And we as people are, are influenced and we are born with sin. Because of that, uh, God had to send His Son down on our behalf because if we want to have any kind of relationship with God, if we want to be called children of God, we need to have access. And that access was only provided through His Son, Jesus Christ. And He became our Redeemer by taking on our sin uh, so that we would not have to endure that kind of suffering and eternal pain in hell. Uh, and that's what Jesus did for us, that He is our Redeemer, Christ our Redeemer. Uh, and now that through the weight of sin that we are no longer alone, but that God says that I will be with you and your, my Son will be with you. The Holy Spirit is with you wherever you go. And then ultimately we see the destruction of Babylon. Uh, God promises that nation that they will be destroyed and as a result that they will become a wasteland. It will be a place that will be uninhabited and no one will want to live there. And when you think of this devastation, uh, Jeremiah talks about that this would be on the same lines of what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. And the same thing would happen to Babylon, that they would be in the same category. Uh, and God invited not only Israel, but uh, Babylon and all the nations to gather and to hear the judgment that he had brought to the Israelites and what's going to be happening uh, not to the Babylonians and what they did against the Israelites. So judgment was coming and God saying that I have protected you and I will help you and I will guide you in this process. In this process. God has shown his might, his wisdom, and his justice for all his people. You know, it's both humbling and amazing to think the kinds of things that God can do. And of course, um, God is all-powerful, um, God is all-knowing, and yet God chooses to be with us, uh, people who are sinners, uh, people who are disobedient, and yet God redeems us uh, from our sin so that uh, we can live freely and that we can live as His children. And I hope that you would be encouraged through the passage that we have just read and that you would see hope in the midst of 
the darkness and that you would see the light and that God would encourage you to, to persevere and to press on uh, knowing that this will all come to an end, that his promises are true and that if we make a stand, if we promise uh, to be faithful to him, that he will be faithful to us and great things will happen uh, when we put our lives in his hands. So let's pray and ask that uh, in faith. Let us pray. Father, we are just so grateful that you are working, you are fighting with us and for us. And Father, that there is no enemy that can stand up against you. And we know, Lord, that we want to uh, be in control of our lives. Uh, but God, we pray that we will learn to let go uh, and allow you to uh, speak to us, work through us, O oh God, and help us, Lord, that we can envision and see uh, the glorious things that you have in store for us. Uh, we are eternally grateful to you, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh uh -huh.